Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Welcome to another CI for Life production podcast. I am Rick Hyland, glad to come with you today. It's our first skiff of snow in the valley in Salt Lake City. It's a beautiful October fall day. Hope you're having a great day. Today we're talking about, again, I promised for the rest of the year, we're going to be talking about seven steps to make millions and be happy. And of course, what I'm talking about there is to be financially secure and stable and independent and also to be happy because that's our uh, goal in life, right? Because we know many people that are rich and not happy. So how can we put all those things together? And we've been um, displaying or talk about on social media, seven steps to do that. And um, if you're not familiar with the seven steps, you can go in the last podcast or on Facebook or Instagram. And in fact, this week on Instagram and Facebook, we've been talking about the importance of step four, be a master of your craft, work hard, work smart. And in this podcast, I'm um, able to go a little bit deeper and share with you more examples. Hopefully that'll inspire uh, working smart part. I work hard. Most of the people that I talk to, that's not a problem. In fact, really, it's stressing the importance of self-care because people are working so hard um, to not burn out. And really, today's principle on working smart is really about this idea of energy management, time management. We're so busy today. What's the most important thing? Or how can I fix the problem so it goes away or it's streamlined, automated? I'll get to that in a second. But I don't care what your craft is that you've chosen whether you're an arborist, whether you own a call center, whether you own a retail shop, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, consultant, whatever it might be, be the best you can be, specialize, become great at your craft. And often inside of professions, it's it's important to have specializations inside of that. So, you know, as a doctor, you specialize in scoping or carpal tunnel, or as in your retail site, you specialize in certain products or I've got a friend and a client that inside his fitness gym, CrossFit, he's got a weight loss product that's going big and gangbusters. And so there's lots of ways to work smart. Um, The example I'd like to start out with is my arborist friend. And I didn't even know that word, but basically it's the guy that takes care of your trees. And how much money do we put in trees? How expensive is it to replace trees in the first place? And this arborist that I've just come become acquainted with is amazing. He knows everything about energy and nutrition uh, of the plant, of the tree, of the roots, on the top, on the bottom, in the middle, uh, the watering, the nutrition, the fertilizer, the, the proper way to trim. And he can charge a premium because he knows his business and he's become specialized. And I don't think it's a lot of university training. I think it's becoming expert in your craft. And that's really the why behind this step four is one, there's an incredible amount of self-satisfaction when you're great at your job. It really is. You know that. Uh, And two, you can charge a premium for your product or service. If you are great at what you do, you can charge a premium. You don't have to be the Walmarts or the Amazon online. You can charge a premium for your product or service if you are truly striving and achieve some greatness in what you do. And my arborist friend is the latest inspiration behind that. 
And if he can charge a premium, then you can in your chosen craft. So that's what working smart, becoming a master of your craft is all about. So um, <clears throat> that's the why behind. There's a tangible and intangible why with this why this uh, part or step to making millions financially independent and happy is so critical. Uh, but let me talk a little bit about how. I'm going to talk about here in a second, like I've been talking about Instagram and Facebook all week, about finding out the one thing that you that's the biggest driver for your problem or, or opportunity area in your business or in your life. And I'm going to share some specific examples today that may inspire you for your situation. Uh, but before I do that, I, working smart also means to streamline, automate, optimize every problem and opportunity you get, particularly if you're in a leadership role. If you figure out your biggest opportunities or your biggest problems and you figure out how to streamline and optimize that, for example, I often get owners or small businessmen or consultants or anybody that is in a leadership role. Well, I can close the big deal or I can sell it. I just can't trust my employees to do it. That is a great opportunity to work smart, to figure out what is the process that you do as an entrepreneur or business owner that allows you to make the sale or take care of the customer, document it, streamline it, and teach it. What a great way to work smart. Optimize, automate, streamline. That's what we call working smart. Remember when I first came across this principle when I was 28 years old and I was in an MBA school and um, I was working as hard as I could. I literally knew I was the youngest and least experienced in MBA school. And so I knew I need to work hard. And I'd learned that from my parents and the importance of that. So I was seven weeks, six weeks into the program, working as hard as I could. My wife and two kids, we'd moved across the country and it was very stressful, kind of high anxiety time. And on that first test, I got that C, C minus in economics class by Professor Don. And I, I was at wit's end. I didn't know what to do. So I went to one of the professors that I'd built a bit of a relationship with. And I told him about my situation. I can't work any harder. I'm working hard. And he says, well, Rick, you've got to learn to work smart. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? What does working smart mean? Well, in your cases, and it was a case study method, figure out what you're really good at. Study that upside down and wherever. And participation is a big part of it. And get in, participate, add your value, get your comments in during that sections. That's working smart. Also, working smart is during your on your weak areas of the case or topics, get help from experts, from your teammates, from people around you so that you can be learning. And, and those were that just hit me. That was such an inspiration for me at that time on how to work smart. And I hope that you can apply that principle, whether you're in school, at home, at work, in your life. How do I work smart? So as promised, I want to spend a little bit of time actually sharing some examples. And uh, again, these are uh, lessons from things I've either done well or not done well or learned from others. And um, so I want to share some specific examples on this podcast that it might inspire you to work smart. And uh, these specifics may not work for you, but I'm hoping that it inspires your mind to figure out how can I leverage my time to be most effective for my time management, for my energy management, and for the effectiveness of my life and business. So let's start out working smart, figuring out the most important thing. Let's start with relationships first. I'm going to talk about health and fitness 
And then I'm going to talk about work. So just some examples. And I may not cover your area, but I'm hopefully that this inspires you. So let's say you're working on your relationships in your marriage or with your children. What's the most important thing you can do to work smart? You're busy. You work 50, 60 hours a week. But you know in your heart of hearts, this is such a critical area. What is working smart? How can you leverage your time most effectively to keep working smart, even though you're busy in your work and your career? So one example of how to do that, I remember uh, reading a book. I think the author's name was uh, uh, Willard Harley. In this, uh, uh, the subtitle of the book was How to Affair Proof Your Marriage. And he talked about the importance of having fun or activities that you do together. And Cheryl and I have always, um, since beginning, known the importance of date night and babysitters for date night. And uh, But then that, at Willard Harley's comment, added another level on that to, to make sure besides the kids, besides managing the household in your lives, have something fun, whether it's a, a run on Saturday, we call it our marriage run, or whatever the activity might be that you have fun, you're doing things together, not just with your buddies or girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it might be, uh, but have something fun that you're doing together. Maybe the highest leverage time of your week to stay connected and keep your relationship, your marriage relationship alive. Children, same principle. Uh, kids are busy, you're busy. What might be the highest leverage time to keep connected? And um, date night, dates, one-on-one -on -one time. I, I've learned, even as a grandpa, the importance of one-on-one -on -one time. Cheryl came uh, this year with the inspiration that uh, on birthdays, instead of big parties, we're taking our grandkids out on a date, dinner, and uh, buy them a present. And for the young kids, it's go to Target and watch their eyes light up with the choices. And it's super fun. And it's a one-on-one -on -one connection that Otherwise, we just get it in passing or in big group, and you don't quite get the connection. So the highest leverage activity with our grandkids that we have determined this last year is that one-on-one -on -one birthday time. But same thing with kids, right? I remember dates. And you got to remember the principle of different strokes for different folks or different love languages. For um, some people, for one of my kids, it was a hike. One of my kids, it was a workout at the at a treehouse and helping them shoot hoops. For another, it was uh, ice cream. You know, so find out what's the most important date or activity to do one on one. And I just find that principle in relationships of one on one time to be a working smart highest leverage. So my daughter, even though to this day, will tell me that that was the most impactful time that we had is the one on one time. Uh, even though we are super busy in different parts of our lives. So uh, find out the highest leverage activity to do. And my argument is, and my examples today is the one-on-one -on -one time and figure out how to plan and schedule around that, even though you're busy. Uh, health and fitness, you know, step seven uh, in this process, we're going to talk a lot more about self-care and certainly on in my book and in uh, social media, I talk a lot about that, the importance of taking yourself, taking care of yourself physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, and then planning to execute around that. But for example, here's some examples of the highest leverage activities or working smart. Um, I'm reading, uh, I've just finished in the last couple of months, three books, and they're all around self-care. And you'll see a common theme here about life and vitality and um, Alzheimer's. But 
the three books are The End of Alzheimer's Program, uh, how, not to, how Not to Die, <laughs> and Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to. So those are the three books I'm reading about health and fitness right now. And so you could maybe argue that, you know, reading to inspire your mind is an important activity you could do each week uh, to help you on your health and fitness. But in each one of them, and I'm, uh, I've shared on this before, my mother suffers from Alzheimer's and that's caused a lot of um, care and worry in our family. And uh, so my siblings and I, we uh, read these books together and figure out, you know, how we can do our very best to uh, live our very best life with health and fitness and exercise is part of that uh, in every one of these books. And so is eating uh, and eating right. Um, so I'm going to share with you three ideas that may be working smart. Um, and uh, But if they're not, this doesn't fit for you, figure out for your health and fitness, what working smart, what's the highest leverage activity you can do. And I'm always going to ar argue in all the literature says on how to uh, and stop aging or improve your aging by 10 years. It's 30 minutes of exercise six times a week. That's what the latest, not just three times a week anymore, 20 minutes. It's six times a week, 30 minutes. So does that mean if you could only do a 15 minute walk three times a week, you shouldn't? No, please do it. But if you want to get the best anti-aging, the best for your cellular, um, the best health and vitality for your telomeres, it's 30 minutes of vigorous exercise six times a week. That's what's going to help you age the best. And that's what all the literature and both all three of these books are saying. Um, so another working smart activity may be eating right. Well, what is that? There's so many diet plans. There's so many eating plans out there. All three of these books for your brain and for your gut talk about two things in the research. One, intermittent fasting, meaning uh, not eating for 16 or 18 hours. And uh, I'll let you Google that or research that if you don't know about that. But I found that personally to be very helpful in my life. And then plant-based eating. Uh, in all the literature for your mental health, for your physical health, for your gut health. So, uh, and I think some of you know that this year, Cheryl and I have tried that. We started out with a one month study and here we are at the end of the year, we're going to continue on. So those are three ideas on what working smart or finding one highly leveraged activity to really impact your health and fitness and your aging or your vitality. And I think what, you know, the principle of this lifespan book is the whole idea of not just living till 80 years old, but living well and um, not relying on hospitals and medicine to save us, but doing the proactive activities now. So anyhow, enough about that. That almost sounded preaching, but I'm just trying to share some examples about what might be working smart or finding the one highly leveraged activity in all your busyness and all the noise out there. What's the most highly leveraged activity for your health and fitness right now? And don't do three of them. Don't do five of them. Do one of them really well. So work, here we go. And this is a tricky one because finding that working smart or one highly leveraged activity is tricky. I, I've been sharing on social media my experience in consulting, and I'll share that here again. And then maybe I'll share another example in sales. And hopefully between the two, you can then think about uh, how to work smart or work smarter, uh, not just harder, so that you can grow your business and be successful in your chosen career. So um, in the consulting business, 
it's like any business. There is time suckers. There, it is, uh, you know, we talk about three areas, taking care of the client, taking care of your employees and taking care of the business or the company and the margins and the policies, et cetera. And uh, you can get really upside down on what's the most important or spend equal time in all three. And I will tell you to this dying day, one of the reasons or the reason I was most successful in anything I do, whether the counseling efforts, my counselors still tell me to this day uh, that, you know, I did the one-on-one counseling and they did the rest of the administration work. And because I was trying to focus on during 2011 to 2014, when I was counseling millennials, um, I was wanting to focus on the one most important activity, the highest leverage activity I could do. And they were good enough to pick up the other important activities. So that's one way is to delegate. Um, But the consulting example I wanted to share with you is that you can spend tons of times with employees and that's important. You can spend tons of times on internal policies and that's important. But the highest level, what the company needed most for me is to grow the business. And so what's the most important? So you see kind of a cascading question. So if that's the most important activity, that if we don't have revenue, we don't have to worry about expenses or employees. So what's the one most important activity or working smart to grow revenue? Well, in the consulting business, it's spending time with senior clients or more specifically building trust with senior clients. Because basically you're selling non-tangible assets of millions of dollars of variety, uh, offering ROI promises. Sound familiar to anybody? And um, they're getting no product back. They're just getting your services. And so the trust factor is huge. Okay. And then you ask, well, what's the most important activity to bring trust? And there's tons of things you can brainstorm there. It's be at conferences. It's it's one-on-one time, get in their office, and all those things are important. But I can tell you the one highest leveraging activity to build trust with senior clients, like I told this over and over again, but uh, sadly, not too many people figure this out. The one biggest, highest leverage to work smart is bring insights to them about their business that can transform their business. Because as an executive in a large business, it's hard to figure out what's really happening at the front line. And that's the truth. I don't care if you're American Airlines or Boeing or Shell or Chevron, whatever uh, industry you're in, uh, it is very difficult in a large uh, organization to know exactly what needs to be done at the front line. What's the, their highest leverage activity? And if you can bring them insights, now, if it's your first meeting and it's a cold call, whatever, um, then your insights have to be from the industry or self type of businesses so that you can impress them that you have a good understanding of what the issues are. Now, if you get the fortune of going up into their um, business and finding out what those insights are, that's invaluable. You can build massive trust. And I've shared the example of working with Gary in Alaska and uh, having the opportunity during one uh, serious safety accident to go up to the North Slope of Alaska and to figure out and spend days and time there and then come back to the senior team with deep insights about what's really going on and what really needs to happen. Uh, um, that that exploded our business in uh, the North Slope for a time and period, particularly around safety and efficiency. So 
uh, finding out what's the highest leverage activity and then figuring out what's the highest leverage activity in order to do that, right? You get the cascading effect. Revenue is the biggest challenge and or opportunity in this business. How do you drive revenue in the consulting business? A seat, trust with senior relationships. Well, how do you drive trust with senior relationships? Well, bring them deep insights about their business that can help the, build the trust that you know and have delivered before and can help them solve their biggest problems, their biggest pain points. That is huge. So I hope you can be able to figure out how that can translate to your business. Uh, dealing a lot with sales forces these days or days or people that are trying to build revenue or increase their revenue. Um, so that, that's another example. Figure out what the highest, often streamlining your sales process so that you can teach your sales process to other people. Find out what your best salespeople are doing. Document it, streamline it, optimize it, and then teach, train, and hold accountable to the rest of your sales team on how to do that. Find out the reasons. If you're only closing 10% of your deals, working smart means figuring out how can I, what are the reasons we're, we're losing those and figuring out how I can teach and train those best practices to close 20% of your deals. So then you don't need to advertise or market or spend a whole bunch more money. You can just be more efficient and effective by closing 20% if you're only closing 10%. That's working smart. That's figuring out what the highest leverage activities are. So hopefully that's um, inspiring to you. I know a lot of other people uh, uh, deal in the sales areas. Another example of working smart is just a building and indicate a leading indicator. And that's really what we're talking about here, right? Is okay, what's the most important thing? What's the predicting or leading indicator from that? Well, in sales, it's often customer contacts. And in some sales jobs, that's cold calls. The highest leverage activity, working smart, is making sure each one of your reps have 20 calls a day or a week or whatever relevant uh, or realistic in your business. And set a goal around it, track about that, develop a performance management system around that. You get it. We talk about that in many of the other podcasts, is that if that's the number one activity of working smart, 20 contacts per day, then you build your performance management, your performance measurement system around that to drive that behavior, that activity uh, to work smart and drive revenue in your business. Anyhow, there's so many different types of business and so many important one things in your business. I hope that this can inspire you to think about, well, how does this really work? How can I work smart? How can I really leverage, automate, streamline, figure out what the most important thing is to drive my biggest pain point or opportunity in my business? and then develop a uh, system around how to optimize that. Please don't be discouraged. I mean, we're in such employee shortage time right now that, um, and then maybe only have three employees where you had five. We'll figure out how to uh, streamline, optimize those three employees. And it's not through making them work harder, work smarter. Figure out what the best practices are on training them, on holding them accountable, on rewarding them and be more effective with those three employees than you were the five. So, man, there's so many angles, so many nuances, so many uh, to mastering your craft and working smart. I hope that inspired your mind to figure out how that applies to your life, your relationships, your health and fitness, and your business. So with comments or questions, uh, you can direct message me, email me, let me know any feedback, 
I'd love to see your likes and shares on this podcast, or even if you have any questions or you want to build on it. So that's what we're doing for the rest of the years. We're going to talk about these seven steps to make millions and be happy. And this was step four, be a master of your craft and uh, work hard, work smart. Why? Because it, it is so empowering to be good at what you've chosen to do. And it, and it doesn't matter what you've chosen to do. And you can charge a premium for them if you're truly great, if you truly are adding value. Hopefully this is insightful. Hopefully this has been inspiring to you so you can apply it to your business and your life. This is Rick Island. Have a great day. Continuous improvement for life. <music>